everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will recap the week that was, including a look at the inflation picture and how markets have responded to the latest readings. Plus, we will preview for you what you can expect in the week ahead. Joining me here for the conversation, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Mike, happy Friday. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation today. Hi, Dan. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me back and, and happy Friday indeed. Yes, I, uh, I know the inflation topic is of great interest to everyone, so looking forward to digging into that with you. To that point, Mike, perhaps we can dive right into the macro calendar. I know it was an eventful one, though, as you pointed out, it did include some key inflation data that was highly anticipated. So can you recap that data and maybe some of the more notable data points from the past few days for us? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll end with the uh, the inflation readings and I'll, I'll run through the other data points we got this week uh, first. So uh, first off, we got the NFIB, Small Business Optimism Survey results, came in a little bit below expectations, still at strong absolute levels, uh, you know, considering, you know, consumer spending at small businesses continues to recover after the slowdown of last year. So, so about as expected. Uh Next up, we actually got a, another inflation reading this week beyond the CPI readings. We got PPI, producer price inflation readings, for the month of October. Uh, those came in around the street's expectations, um, but I, I will mention that that is very high in absolute terms. That's the headline number 8.6% year-over-year uh, producer price inflation. So those price pressure, pressures are hitting uh, you know, good producers. Uh, then Wednesday, we got a few more notable ones. Uh, we got initial and continuing jobless claims, not really seeing any improvement there after the previous week, uh, you know, sort of as we've been expecting and cautioning that labor market recovery is going to take a while uh, before we start to see employment levels similar to those uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, but turning to the focus of the week in terms of macro data was, of course, that CPI print uh on Wednesday, we got 0.9% increase month over month, pretty, pretty sizable. That brought the year over year increase up to 6.2%. That is the highest level since late 1990. Uh, to put a bit of context around that, the, the, um, the average American today is roughly 38 years old. And that reading was 31 years ago. So that means that for nearly half of the U.S. population, this is the highest headline CPI reading in their entire life. So very, very elevated. Uh, now, digging into the details a little bit, like earlier in the year, the inflation increases had been driven mostly by sharp price increases in a, in a few select goods, like, like used cars, as, as we're all aware. Uh, but now we're seeing these price increases really begin to broaden out. Um, Supply-side bottlenecks, they're taking longer to resolve than we expected. Uh, and that's keeping upward pressure on prices as demand is going to remain high with all that excess savings. Uh, so businesses are struggling to find workers. They need to boost their outputs. Wage growth hasn't picked up anywhere near the extent of those prices. So that, that will also juice some inflation concerns. Um, and beyond that, house price increases are starting to feed through into CPI readings. Uh, this typically is, is more of a lagging factor in CPI readings, but uh, this month the shelter component of CPI uh, that was up 0.5%. So that's showing that uh, those rising shelter costs are starting to feed into the headline numbers as well. So all of this is to say, 
uh, these broad inflationary pressures, they're going to continue really until these bottlenecks ease more meaningfully. Um, and, you know, while COVID-19 cases are still as high as they are, that's just going to be a challenge. So, you know, crush the pandemic, crush inflation. Well, thank you for the recap of the data points, Mike, and you put that context around it with respect to inflation. Quite eye-opening. It was interesting heading into the release of inflation data this week. Equity markets in particular, they were on a pretty good run, trending to the upside. How did investors respond to the inflation data? What kind of market moves did we witness, Mike? Yeah, so you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're spot on. Stocks have remained, I, I'd say, buoyed near their record highs, just kind of floating up around those record levels. Um, and they're really boosted by by that uh, strong earnings season that we just had. Uh, and I know that we will discuss that shortly. Um, but we did see a little bit of a correction right after the data release, uh, you know, but I, I caution about, you know, what we're calling a correction in these markets with, you know, with stock record levels with the pandemic still here, you know, volatility is still high. So, you know, there was a little bit of a quote unquote correction, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, overextend that term. Um, so when we talk about equity markets, you know, stocks did fall across the board, but you saw the greater drops within the markets that are typically more sensitive to higher inflation rates, as one would expect. Um, so specifically on the index level, after the release, we saw the tech-heavy Nasdaq dropped about 1.7%, while the S&P fell, you know, roughly 80 basis points, about half of that. Uh, and so similarly, if we look over at, you know, the headline, uh, you know, Russell indices, the Russell 1000 value index dropped by 35 basis points uh, versus a 147 basis point decline in the Russell 1000 growth. So. Yep, as expected, growth stocks are going to be uh, a bit more sensitive to those higher levels of inflation. And as a result, those indices, those equity markets that are more sensitive to those concerns did sell off a bit more than the value stocks. Um, so, you know, should we continue to get more incoming data supporting these latest inflation readings? I'd expect to see similar market reactions. So, Mike, I'm glad you brought up Q3 corporate earnings a few moments ago. Maybe we can run with that for a few moments, given that Q3 earnings has been one of the drivers of the recent equity market momentum. With the end of the reporting season coming near, how have results, Mike, generally shaped up relative to CIO's expectations heading into the season? Yeah, so uh, earnings have come in strong. Uh, and, and in many regards, better than uh, we had even anticipated, and we were already looking for solid growth this quarter. Uh, so just stepping back, our, our main view on U.S. stocks and the U.S. equity earnings outlook really remains largely unchanged. Uh, continued earnings growth is a key pillar of our expectation for further upside in equity markets uh, and our year-end price target of 5000 on the S&P 500. Now, digging into the details of the latest earnings season results a little bit more. Revenue growth, very strong at 17% in the quarter. Uh, the median company beat sales estimates by 2%, which is all the more impressive given the backdrop of supply chain constraints and pressures. Uh, profit margins, very resilient this quarter, even in the face of these increasing freight, logistics, energy, labor costs, you name it. The strong demand that we're seeing is making it easier for companies to adjust pricing, and that helps them keep margins uh, solid. So margins were actually flat versus last quarter and still at record highs. Uh, perhaps more important than how this past earnings season has been, however, is our outlook for the next quarter and how that's shaping up. 
Uh, and there's good news in that regard as well, in that even in the face of what will likely be more prevalent cost and supply chain issues, uh, bottoms up estimates across the street for the fourth quarter earnings season are relatively unchanged from where they started the third quarter season, when we typically would have expected a decline, especially in after uh, all of the commentary we're hearing from management teams in, in terms of these supply chain issues, rising costs. Uh, so the fact that those bottom-up estimates are, are flat, basically, from the start of the third quarter season bodes very well for Q4. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of our, our outlook. Uh, earnings have been very strong. Earnings look to be strong. And while, you know, again, these management teams have all basically all cited these rising cost pressures as a concern, uh, in our view, it, it looks like they're pretty well positioned to pass on those pressures. Okay, well, Mike, thank you for the clarity on the Q3 reporting season. And it does sound like, as you pointed out, that the trend, the strong trend, will continue into the Q4 reporting as well. At this point, I know we're nearing the end of our conversation today, maybe turning our focus to the week ahead, Mike. Anything in particular that will be taking place that has the potential to move markets? So in in terms of economic data next week, uh, I wouldn't say anything that's going to cause as much near and medium term angst as those CPI readings we got this week. Um, excuse me, running through the calendar, uh, we've got some retail sales results out for October. Uh, you know, Wall Street's looking for continued strength in consumer spending. Uh, you know, that that would not come as a surprise. At the same time, we're going to get import price index readings. Uh, this is one that I, I am starting to pay more and more attention to, just as these supply chain issues are going to continue to bump up these price readings, is, is my assumption. Uh, and as always, we're going to get more more labor market details with initial and continuing uh, unemployment or, uh, unemployment claims reports. Uh, and actually not quite next week, but uh, within the hour at 10 o'clock this morning, uh, we're going to get the results from the latest University of Michigan survey. Uh, and this pulls re- respondents for their inflation expectations over the coming year and over the next five to 10 years. Uh, and since inflation expectations are such a critical factor in determining where inflation actually shakes out, you know, I'm going to keep a close eye on this. Uh, the longer term reading for last month's survey was high, but not too high at 2.9%. So it's still high. Uh, any increase from there, you know, it's going to give the inflation hawks another solid data point in their corner. Uh, but outside of economic data, you know, we're always keeping an eye on D.C. and what's going on there. Uh, I'd say something that could definitely move markets there, uh, you know, not necessarily expecting any immediate news. Um, but in regard to the composition of the Federal Reserve Board, betting markets have uh, Powell as a strong favorite to remain the chair. Uh, but any indications that Biden or those in his close orbit Uh, have lost faith in his ability to lead the organization with definitely unsettled markets. Uh, So that's kind of what we're looking out for, Jeff. Quite a few point of interests next week, Mike. So thank you for dropping by top of the morning today. A very productive, insightful conversation to cap off the week, and we'll look forward to picking back up with our conversation again soon. In the meantime, wish you a nice weekend, Mike. Thank you again for joining us today. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me, and you have a good weekend, Jeff. Thank you, Mike. And again, today we've been joined by Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, 
The UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.